0: To get into the holiday spirit, today I'm answering questions about Santa Claus. The Cozy Robot Show Well, hey, Cozy Robots. I'm Mike McCarg, and welcome to The Cozy Robot Show, a program about empathetic skepticism, how we can get in touch with our feelings and understand the world through critical thinking and do both at the same time. It's a wonderful blend. Welcome, as you can see, I'm going to go back a little bit here, so you can see just how festive and jolly I am for this episode. <laughs> um, we're we're going all the way in. Uh, this This is our Christmas special. We are going to answer Santa Claus questions that came in from the audience today. Those are really really fun. And right up top, I want to give you a little warning because if uh, I know a lot of people watch the Cozy Robot Show with their children. And we are going to have a direct and frank conversation about Christmas mythology, uh, including jolly old St. Nick. So if that might not be appropriate for your children, maybe watch this one without them or watch first and then decide for yourself whether or not this is an episode you'd like your kids to watch or hear, uh, with you. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a holiday week, so uh, this week will be a little different. You know, every week we do an after party on Discord for the Cozy Robots. This week we will not be doing an after party as the whole team uh, has the week off and we are entering into the holiday season. Uh, but if you'd like to join us for the after party in the future uh, or just say hello on Discord, I will be uh, uh there. And if you tag me, I'll certainly come by and say hello. You can learn how to do that at CozyRobots.com. And uh you know, we're going to have a really fun uh, show tonight. And, uh, well, let me say, let's just get right into it. Okay. Our first question came in as an email question. And it's from Sam and Lily writing all the way in from New Zealand. And it says, Hi, Mike. My wife and I have struggled to figure out how to do Christmas and santa with our kids we try to ground our christmas kindness and love rather than an overly religious or consumerist message which is what predominantly surrounds our families and church anyway is the concept of santa even something healthy and safe to be teaching our kids we've swung from telling our oldest that santa isn't real at a time when we were deconstructing and changing our faith quite heavily to playing along with the magic and wonder of Santa Claus with our second child. Gosh, what a great question. And I can just imagine how many parents uh, find themselves in a similar situation. We are finding that um, magical thinking seems to backfire sometimes. (laughs) A lot of people were raised in very fundamentalist or conservative uh, religious traditions. They became disenfranchised uh, when, you know, their adult beliefs didn't match up with the stories they were told as children. Uh, Some children are legitimately troubled and maybe even traumatized uh, by the transition um, on beliefs around Santa Claus. And so, you know, I, I took this question really seriously, and I went and I read several papers and several kind of thought pieces from psychologists on what we should tell children about Santa Claus. And guess what? Psychologists are super mixed on this. There was not at all a consensus. A lot of psychologists said, you know, you want to tell your children about Santa Claus because it's really fun and it it plays a social function. Lots of children believe in Santa Claus, and it becomes a playground discussion, and you don't want to be the child that doesn't believe in Santa Claus in those situations. Other psychologists said, well, you know, to tell people that Santa is real involves lying, and lying is just always a bad thing to do to your children and a bad thing to teach children, and that the whole manipulation angle of if you're good, Santa will bring you presents. So the way children use the threat of Santa bringing or not bringing presents can act as a a manipulative factor and that said, you know, we should probably put this tradition to bed from psychologists. And let me be clear, I, I hear all of those things. The social function of Santa Claus mythology is important. Lying to children is not good and manipulating children is definitely bad. Now, I would take issue with the word lie here and here's why this entire debate about whether or not we should tell our children that Santa Claus isn't real misses a vital point. and that point is that Saint Nick is very much real. I am an empiricist. I am 42 years old and I absolutely believe that Saint Nick is real, as should anyone because Saint Nick is real. Saint Nicholas, was the Bishop of Myra in the fourth century. Now that's a a, a city that is now in what uh, modern day Turkey. And um, that's a real historical figure that we there's no question about whether or not St Nicholas was real. We also know that St Nicholas attended the first Council of Nicaea. That was a uh, uh, one of the meetings where the church decided what it believed. Now, the First Council of Nicaea was very, very significant in the history of Christianity and therefore in the history of European and Western civilization. And we also know St. Nicholas got so upset about corruption in the church and the tolerance for corruption that he punched someone in the nose. (laughs) So, From a, a historical perspective, we understand that this was a person who was very passionate about justice. Now, with ancient figures, we it can be hard to tease out mythology from fact. Uh, so the fact is St. Nicholas was the Bishop of Myra in the 4th century. St. Nicholas did attend the First Council of Nicaea, and St. Nicholas probably punched someone in the nose there, or at least came very close to it. And then we have uh, tradition. We have stories that surround Saint Nick, and these are all plausible. So, I'm going to, in the range of things I could tell you from the mythology of Saint Nick, I'm going to tell you the things that are historically plausible, the things that could very much be actual historical events. Uh, we understand that Saint Nick was probably wealthy and very likely an orphan. Now, that's a a strange combination today. That was definitely a strange combination in the fourth century. And because St. Nick had money and lost his parents, he had tremendous empathy for both children and the poor, an uncommon degree of empathy for the suffering that comes from not having parents, from being alone. And uh, purportedly, Material wealth meant very little to St. Nick. He he was utterly disinterested in material things and, in fact, um, just kind of gave his money away. And we have a story where, uh, you know, and, and at this time in history, to get married, a daughter had to have a dowry. Her family had to put up a dowry. Her family had to put up money to a potential groom and groom's family in order for them to take the burden of a woman, into their family. And it was also common at this time in history, if you didn't have the gold for a dowry, that you might sell your children instead, Um, which is horrific and brutal. And, you know, if you didn't know how you're going to take care of your kids, you could get money for them, and hopefully someone would take care of them well as a slave. Whew. So glad we aren't in those situations today. But St. Nicholas... purportedly heard of this happening in his town and snuck into a home while everyone was sleeping. Now, that sounds really creepy, but hear me out. The reason he did this is he wanted to leave the gold for a dowry in the home, but he didn't want to be credited with being the donor. He didn't want to create some sense of obligation. And so he went to the fireplace where stockings were hung to dry and left gold there, a dowry, so that this woman could be married instead of sold into slavery. And it worked. There were two more daughters, so he snuck back twice to put gold in this home for dowries. And apparently, on the third act, he was caught red-handed leaving gold. Now, obviously, no one's going to prosecute you for generosity, St. Nick apparently was very uncomfortable being caught, did not want credit for what he was done, and uh, continued this spree of giving anonymously. So people started to leave out shoes and stockings in Myra in the 4th century by their fireplaces in hopes that St. Nick would stop by with gold. And he started to, as much as he could, he gave wealth away. And he was so enamored with this act of anonymous generosity that he started doing that all over the region of what is today Turkey. So much so that in Myra and other places, people who had some money were inspired to be generous in that same way. They started to give anonymous gifts. And if they were caught in the act of giving a gift, they would say, oh, this isn't mine. This is St. Nick's. This is a gift from St. Nick. So this man literally ended up giving away all of his material wealth, which suited him just fine. St. Nick lived a simple life, and when he ran out of money, he just became a monk. He devoted his life to to profound kindness and religious service. So St. Nick is real. Jolly St. Nick leaving gifts by fireplaces is historical fact. And on December 6th, all over the world, people celebrate his life. He was the most popular saint in the early church in both the Eastern and Roman Catholic branches of the church. And December 6th, we believe, is the anniversary of his death and a day when people celebrate him With a feast. Now, there was a Protestant Reformation in the church. You've probably heard of Martin Luther and his work. And uh, venerating saints became unpopular after the Reformation. But Holland kept this celebration of Saint Nick alive in the form of Sinterklaas. So, all throughout the period uh, after the Protestant Reformation, when saints' feasts became more rare, Holland kept this tradition alive, and it got more and more associated with the festival of Christmas. In Germany, picking up on Sinterklaas, Christkind was uh, was brought along. And Christkind, uh, a lot of people got really confused about. They liked Saint Nick, and so they thought Christkind meant Kris Kringle. <laughs> That's where we get the name Chris Kringle. Both Santa Claus and Chris Kringle hearken back to this figure, this real person who uh, moved with such generosity. And um, then, in the United States, we started to form our own Christmas traditions and Christmas mythologies. And America very much did not want to be like Britain or like Europe. They wanted to do their own thing. And so, writers and poets coined the term. Santa Claus and all the the trappings we understand about Santa Claus the the clothes that Santa wears, his physique, his big bushy beard, his uh, his sleigh, it all comes from poetry and songs and advertising that started in the mid1800s and and the kind of the modern Santa really starts to crystallize in the 1920s and 30s. And because of the power of America's capitalism and media market, Santa Claus ultimately eclipsed St. Nick in the minds of people in the United States and all over the world. And Christmas became what? Increasingly a secular commercial celebration. But throughout that transformation, some symbols remained like stockings hung by the fire with care. And I think it's fascinating that even here in the United States, in the 21st century, at the very pinnacle of both commercialism and capitalism, that people still search for the true meaning of Christmas. How many stories in media do we take about what's the true meaning of Christmas? It's not this shopping. It's not these advertisements. It's generosity, kindness, sincerity, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And so behind this cartoonish Santa Claus stands the very real Saint Nick to this day, still inspiring us to transcend commercialism and connect with genuine generosity. So here's what I would do. I'd tell my kids the truth. And the truth is, Santa Claus is a way we commemorate Saint Nicholas, a very real person who devoted his life to generosity, especially to people who are poor and in need. And the reason we have so many traditions and stories about Santa Claus is to help us emulate the example of Saint Nick. And when we do so, when we give, and give generously and selflessly, we keep the true spirit of Christmas alive. There's no way we could make the Cozy Robot Show without our sponsors. And our first sponsor this week is the Overview Program, which is a great sponsor, because I'm involved with that one. You know, the Overview Program is the highlight of my week, every week, uh, several days a week, I get on calls with people, video calls, and we talk about how to deal with difficult things like growth and change and life transitions. It's absolutely the highlight of everything in my life, I mean, it's my very favorite thing, and I've created an evidence-based system uh, centered on, you know, behavioral economics and cognitive psychology and emotionally focused uh, psychotherapy um, that helps us manage and structuralize a process for growth and change in our life and attain the social support we need to have change last in our lives. Now, it's not therapy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a therapist. I'm not qualified to give therapy. This is a program that offers a set of troubleshooting tools and collaborative problem solving as we go through the hard work of growing and changing as people. And I'm so excited to tell you that we're launching a new version of the overview program. You know, right now, we've got a program called Voyages that's one-on-one. We've got a program called Stations that's a groups of 10. And we've had so many more applications than we have room. We're launching a larger program called Orbits. So we're going to take 200 people through the overview program at the same time. And that's going to start on January 20th. And you can enroll today if that sounds interesting to you. And I know things are really hard right now. And I know that finances are are just a problem in this age of COVID. So in addition to having the lowest price we've ever had for someone to participate in the Overview Program, we also have specific COVID relief pricing available to anyone who needs it. So you can go to overviewprogram.com to learn more and enroll, and I just want you to know that I'd love to see you there. Our next sponsor this week is BetterHelp. What a wonderful company and a wonderful service. BetterHelp is online counseling that is the easiest and most convenient way I know of for people to get mental health support. It's perfectly adapted for this age of social distancing and safer at home orders because you connect with a licensed therapist via text, chat, calls, or video. I use it every single day. It's an amazing service, and these licensed therapists Actual counselors specialize in all kinds of issues like anxiety, relationships, trauma, sleeping, anger, LGBT matters, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem. Whatever challenge you may be facing it, a BetterHelp counselor can help you. So you can get started by going to their website, you fill out a questionnaire, and then they match you with a therapist. And best of all, they'll give you 10% off your first month just for being a cozy robot. So if that sounds good to you, head to betterhelp.com slash cozy robots. Again, that is betterhelp.com slash cozy robots. Okay, this one's a video question, so let's check it out. All right, Science Mike, here's my Santa Claus question. With unlimited resources and perhaps a little bit of creative liberty scientifically, how would you create a functioning Santa sleigh and his reindeer to navigate the beautiful Christmas Eve sky? <laughs> Thanks. I just love the very idea that I would take creative liberty with science. <laughs> you- This is a true story. When we met to talk about this episode as a production team, they were like, you know, Mike, we don't want you to spend hours researching this. You know, it's okay. It's a Christmas special. Uh, We can have a creative story here. And I was like, nope. We don't play with science. (laughs) Uh, So let's think about what this would take, you know, to... There's a couple of things. The first thing to think about is, can we make a sleigh with some reindeer fly? And given sufficient engineering resources, absolutely. This would not require any new physics. This is an engineering problem. Uh, And so if I were tasked with creating a flying sleigh that could carry a Santa-sized person, eight reindeer, as well as a significant load of presents not enough presents for every child in the world certainly but a a a movie appropriate size sack full of presents uh you know this would be doable um i think probably um i don't know if you've ever seen drones right Mm, probably if you've seen them they're driving you crazy because a lot of them have cameras on them uh but they're not like helicopters um Helicopters work because they have uh, one rotor like this and one on the tail that prevents it from spinning. And then, with really complex mechanical apparatus, these uh, foils on the blades or on the propeller can move and therefore change the thrust vector coming out of that big propeller on on top of the helicopter. And quadcopters, another computer-controlled aircraft that are more modern, are mechanically very simple. Uh, they use software to modulate the speed of multiple rotors – rotors is the word I should use for the helicopter easier earlier, not propeller um, – that are, are fixed rotors uh, to then you know tilt the craft, and they can hover or they can fly in a direction. Now, they're not terribly efficient, so if you built a quad or hexacopter-based Santa sleigh, it would not fly very long. It would do what you need, and that's precise control for takeoff and landing on, say, the roof of a house. So to get the range, uh, there are are newer designs that mix that kind of quadcopter vertical thrust model with what's known as fixed wing aircraft. So an airplane or a model uh, remote-controlled airplane where they actually create lift with wings are, are wildly more energy-efficient to keep aloft than quadcopters are. And so I would foresee uh, a craft that had wings, that had rotors in the wings, um, and you might have – yeah, there's a lot of ways you could engineer this, uh, where when you're moving – sufficiently fast forward, you move into a fixed wing configuration, you generate lift and it's more power efficient. And then when you go to land, you kind of switch into that uh, hovering vertical takeoff and landing mode that would allow you to pop on and off of ceilings. And then when you're going between towns, you switch into that mode. Now, again, this is still, you're not going to fly all over the world with this thing. Um, It would, it would work in that it would look, Well, it would be really loud, really, really loud uh, vectoring um, from all these rotors. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard a hummingbird up close or a drone. When drones get big, they're really, 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 really loud. Um, But you could take off and land and vaguely in an efficient way move over distance. Now, that's one thing. That's kind of like, can you make a sleigh that takes off and land? But if you're trying to hit so many locations at once, uh, it's not going to be anywhere near fast enough. So you could try to use rockets. Rockets are a lot faster. Rockets have some problems, though. <laughs> Namely, have to carry all their fuel. They're really big. They're really heavy. Uh, they don't slow down really well. So if you made a rocket sleigh... Um, You couldn't maintain thrust really that long unless you had like an orbital mechanic flight or a suborbital flight to get from point A to point B. Then you're kind of out of fuel and you're done. So when we look at what it would take to have a Santa's sleigh that visited, say, every home in the world, or even just every home with children, you start running into issues with time, speed, and physics really, really quickly. Um... If you're going to spend any significant amount of time uh, that's reasonable to drop off presence per, on a per-home basis, it won't fit in one night anyway, even as you move across time zones. If you have some kind of really compressed per-home time, you would have to move incredibly fast. they have seen different estimates and statistical analyses um, to say nothing of the fact that you'd have to accelerate and decelerate so quickly in the process. There's only so fast a human body, how many Gs in acceleration or deceleration we can handle without losing consciousness, getting injured, or dying. And uh, believe it or not, the bigger problem in a Santa sleigh visiting every single house is not actually the speed. It's the acceleration and deceleration. Um, So, you know, could we make a sleigh fly? yes. Could we make a sleigh visit every home and in the world with children in one night? No. But if we think about St. Nick again, St. Nick pulled it off. St. Nick inspired people to create traditions of generosity. And in a very real and significant way, Santa's sleigh really does visit Hundreds of millions of homes every year. And kind of true to St. Nick's original mission, Christmas is a time when that sleigh arrives in generosity in times that it does not the rest of the year. So if I were to try to figure out how to solve the logistics problem of making sure children experienced joy and that generosity was spread throughout the land, I think living such a worthy life, such a generous life that inspired others to do the same for hundreds and even thousands of years to follow would be the best way to achieve the objective of Santa's sleigh, if not actually making a sleigh fly. gotta be honest, this episode really rekindled my Christmas spirit. I get so burned out on shopping. I get so burned out on commercialism. Um, when I was uh, more conventionally religious, I long for a more Christ-centered Christmas than what I often saw, even in the church. And as I've researched your questions about Santa Claus, about St. Nick, I was so surprised. And I thought I had a good, grounded historical understanding of the figure of St. Nicholas. But the things I read moved me to tears multiple times. And so I'd just like to say, if that's you, if you feel cynical about Christmas, if you feel... Um if you feel like this is all very silly or very commercial if you're looking for the real spirit of Christmas I really would encourage you to do some reading about Saint Nicholas this Christmas season um and gosh may we all foster such a sense of genuine empathy for others that we become less attached to what we have and what we possess and more compelled by the need that surrounds us every day. Thank you so much this year for watching The Cozy Robot Show. Thanks for watching today. Don't forget you can like and subscribe on YouTube if you want to see whenever we release new videos, including our live program on Monday nights. And The Cozy Robot Show is made by the most talented and supportive team in the entire world, so I'd like to thank the people who make the show possible, like each and every Cozy Robot. Our producers, Tanner Hearn, Victory Palmazano, and Greg Nordine. Our theme song was written and recorded by Madison and Macy McCarg. Production support by Andrew Galecki. Social media manager, Grace Vaughn. Production support and my assistant is Caitlin Hermstad. Design, Sydney Smith. Motion graphic design, Landon Satterfield. Set design, Jesse Lane Interiors. Wardrobe stylist and craft services, Jenny McCarg. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. And I'd just like to say, Happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Take care, friends, and I'll see you soon. The Cozy Robot Show